evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Authors Access, where authors get published and published authors get successful. Hi, I'm Irene Watson, and I'm with Reader Views in Austin, Texas. And I'm Victor Volkman with Loving Healing Press in Ann Arbor, Michigan. I'd like to welcome all our listeners to episode number 98 in our series. Tonight's topic is getting into the greeting card market. And our special guest is Kate Harper. You can learn more about all of our guests on the Authors Access website, which is authorsaccess.com. We'd love to hear your questions and comments about tonight's show. Please send them to info at authorsaccess.com. Now, tonight we're on the line with Kate Harper, who started her line of humorous greeting cards from a hobby of making greeting cards as gifts for friends. Over the next 15 years, Kate has turned her hobby into a business, manufacturing and shipping cards to over 2,000 stores, including Barnes & Noble, Whole Foods Markets, and the Papyrus Chain. Two years ago, she transitioned out of manufacturing and into licensing, where she now designs cards for Recycled Paper Greetings, a subsidiary of American Greetings Corporation, as well as gift items for several, seven other companies. Wow. Uh, good evening, Kate. Hi. This is really exciting to have you because now when I go into the store and I can look for your cards, but how am I going to know that you're the designer of a specific card? Well, most of the designers have their names on the back of the cards, hopefully. Uh-huh. So they'll usually um, imprint their name on the back, which is really great. Wow. So are you just basically right now doing the recycled paper greetings then? For You're- the greeting cards, yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. And, and-, and so then I was just going to say that the next time I'm in my Whole Foods, I'm going to look for your cards, but obviously you're not doing them there anymore. I don't know if they distribute there. Oh, okay. It's, it's such a big company. and it's really hard to know all of the stores they service. I do know they service Target and Walgreens and okay. Cost Plus, the major chains. And, you know, the drugstores, the American uh, Green Corporation does everywhere. So I want to just go back a little bit to, to when you were actually making the greeting cards yourself and manufacturing and shipping. And I, tell me more about how you actually manufactured cards. Well, you know, it's really one of those remaining businesses where you can literally sit at your kitchen table and start this business, and it can become big. Really? Um, a lot of people do this. If you really interview card designers who run their own businesses, about every one of them have a story like that. And I think it's still the Wild West. Wow. <laughs> They're not. And... Um, a lot of the people in the industry work for themselves, like the sales reps. They're independent. They have their own businesses. So it, it's really a liberating business, and that's the way I started. So what you're telling me is I can actually, at my kitchen table, design some cards. And now, what would be, how would I manufacture them? Would I take them to a printer? Um, there's a, boy, that, that's an answer that's a long one, but... If you do handmade, that's a whole separate kind of business. You could have them printed. I had people actually make them at home. Uh So you can go all different directions with how they're manufactured. 
And then uh, what about distribution? Is there like, uh, are there is in books, the distributors, or do you actually do your own distribution to these major well, stores? In the, in the beginning, I usually encourage people to go around to their local stores and get feedback on their designs before they try to get step up higher, talk to store owners, have them really go through your line and say what's good, what's not good, pick out the good ones, develop that concept further, and then you go to contact sales reps. So the sales reps, I say, is this whole underground network of people <laughs> that really wow. help each other. So in their territory based, so there might be a sales rep in Michigan and one in Indiana, Northern California, that kind of thing. And then they will sell your cards for you. Oh, so they represent many manufacturers then. Is many that manufacturers, it? probably like 20, I would say. Oh. Yes. Wow. Okay. So basically, because that is retail, and so there are salespeople that will represent a number of companies. You know, a friend of mine has a, a dress shop, and so that particular salesperson that comes to call on her will represent a number of um, manufacturers. And so this is the same. Now, you. Wow. So you actually were um, manufacturing and shipping cars to over two thousand stores. Eventually, yes. And wow. It be way too much work. That's why I decided to go into licensing because now I can spend all my time doing artwork instead of worrying about the UPS showing up on time. Well, this is, um, I mean, this is, you know, I'm just in awe that actually this is something that uh, you were able to start from as a hobby and then all of a sudden it just sounds like it exploded into a business. Well, it's a slow growth. I mean, I did it for about 15 years. So you learn along the way, luckily, so you don't make major financial errors. Um, I would never encourage someone to just go and print 100,000 cards of something they haven't tested and that kind of thing. Well, great, Kate. Uh, you mentioned that word art there. Now, do I have to be an artist in order to uh, manufacture cards, or, or can I just be a writer? Of course, it depends on the style of card, but the big unknown secret that most people don't know is the text on the card is really what sells it. The art purpose is to make the person actually want to pick it up and look at the card. Without good art, they're not going to pick up the card. And the writing is what makes them decide to purchase it. And the last consideration is actually how much the card costs. So the writers are the key to this business. It's a communication business. It's not just an art business. Okay, well that sounds encouraging. Now, are there different tiers of, of cards, like high-end, medium, low-end? Does it and can you, you specialize in one market or the other? Yes, I mean, there are, but as a writer, I would just try everything. Um, there definitely are what they call boutique lines, which are usually embellished or handmade. Um, and then there's just your average cards you see in any store, which are more, probably have more text on those. The, the high-end cards tend to more, be more like pieces of art or collage, that kind of thing. Um, but... You know, there's all kinds of ways into this. And you also can submit things to several different companies. And there's, I think the last I heard, there's at least 2,000 major companies in the United States. Okay, that, yeah, that's a great jumping off point. Uh, how would I go about writing a query letter for a greeting card company? Would I send them samples or concepts, or how, how does that go? Well, luckily, since the Internet is here... <laughs> Because, yes, you used to have to do that, and you used to have to write everything on little cards and then mail it in and wait to hear back. 
Now you can usually go to a greeting cart website and they'll usually have a section for submissions and then they usually have a subsection for writer submissions, not just artist submissions. And they usually have it all spelled out on how they would like to receive the submission. And just like I was saying, Cards of the Wild West, each company has a whole, you know, a completely different way they do things. And when I used to buy writing, I had my own unique way. So it's really kind of hard to say, oh, there's only one way to do that. It could be there are people who still want you to mail little postcards with one quote on each postcard. Um, for me, I had a list of things that really helped me, like don't send more than 10 at once. And when you send them an email, try to put a space between them so it's easy to read, those kinds of things. Okay. Now, is there any concern about uh, managing intellectual property? I know, you know, script writers in Hollywood, they send all their scripts to a, a registry of that sort of thing. Is there any sort of thing like that for, for greeting card people? I believe that some writers copyright their work. My kind of take on this is that if a company, God forbid, would abuse the situation and use a writer's work without permission, that company loses their reputation real fast with writers, so people won't submit things to them. So as far as I know, everyone's pretty above board about things, and they often give writer's credit on the, car on the back of the card also. Um, or if you request it, you can definitely request it. What you don't want to do is sell your writing to two different companies with the same text. Of course, that's with most anything. Um, but I probably not anything like script writing. I imagine that's like writing a book. It's much more involved and time-consuming. A lot of card writers, you know, they're throwing out little um, zingers, you know, 10 a day, some of them. They're just really good at it. So it's not so much time involved as, let's say, writing a book. So that definitely you'd want to get all the legalities clear on that one. But I have contracts with my writers, individual, each contract for each quote for each writer, so it's all spelled out. Okay, well, that sounds great. So if I'm starting out as a greeting card writer, where would I most likely get my first successes? I mean, there's so many kinds of cards. You've got, you know even pet condolence cards, where do you start? I was actually looking for one the other day for pet condolences. I think to start there, no, I'm kidding, because I couldn't find any. Um, well, what, the market is pretty much broken up into two categories, which is occasional and seasonal. So, of course, the seasons are something that only happens one time a year, like Christmas, Easter, New Year's. And the occasional cards are what some people say that everyday cards can happen any time of year, like birthday, thank you, that kind of thing. So that's split half and half. Um, I would encourage people to start with birthdays because half of the occasional market is birthdays, and they are pretty popular, and you can sell it year-around. Whereas Christmas, which is also half of the seasonal, there's pretty much one time a year the card companies are going to be looking at that specific holiday, and it comes and goes. So you're, you don't get as much opportunity as if you were submitting birthdays or the next category um, 
thank yous are very popular too. So I would say start with birthdays and thank yous and anniversaries. Those are probably a good place to start. Well, I'm certainly not going to understand why you would start at uh, those specific ones because those are really are the most popular. I don't know if you call them genres or what in greeting cards. So um, definitely. Now, how if I want to get into this, like how would I write? What would I write? How would I know what is a good verse? What is a good passage? Whatever you know, whatever you call that when it's inside the card. What is it? The greeting. <laughs> Well, there's <laughs> there's got to be a word for those. <laughs> there's definitely um, I call it sentiments, but that, then that sounds sentimental, or you could yeah. say quotes. But of course, there's books on how to do that, and you can really go through a technical kind of study of it. I will say, when I got into this business, I didn't read those books, so I probably came into it through a non-professional way. But what I did ask writers to do, and what I do myself, because I also have to write text, is I really imagine a real person sitting across the table from me that I know, like my girlfriend or relative, to really just imagine they're there, and then think, what would I want to say to that person? So imagine your girlfriend just did something nice to you, or, or remember something she did nice to you, a real thing. What is the thing you really wanted to say to her? Even if you didn't do it and even if you're too embarrassed to do it, what is that thing? And those are usually the key because those are things everyone feels and sometimes we just are too shy to say it, but we can put it in a card which helps us say it. So I think that's really the way to start is with your heart. Yeah, you know, that makes so much sense because as I as they were talking, I was thinking about when I go and buy cards and you know, go through quite a few of them, and then finally I find one, find one that says what I want to say. Right. And it's interesting because somebody's already said it, but it's exactly what you want to say. Right. And In fact, I heard an interview with a Hallmark artist once, and I was amazed. She said almost the same thing that I, I had practiced, which is she always visualized her husband. Uh, <laughs> a lot yeah. of, of romance cards. But I thought, how wonderful that... You know, that's really a strategy that people use to do good writing. Well, exactly. And, uh, you know, when writing books, specifically nonfiction or even fiction, actually, it's really good for the author to profile the target audience. And so this is exactly what you're doing, this profiling, uh, let's say, a husband or a, a nephew or a friend. Right. And you're profiling that particular person and you're writing to that person. Exactly. And you want to make sure that there's a communication in terms of what you're saying has a recipient. And um, I think one of the mistakes that can easily happen is you forget that this is a communication. It's not a bumper sticker. You know, it, it's not... Um, I think I, I saw a bumper sticker recently um, that was wonderful. It said, oh, God, please let me be all the things my dog thinks I am. <laughs> And I thought, oh, that's a great bumper sticker. But it's not really a card because what are you really saying? I mean, you'd really have to kind of twist that around to make it into a birthday or right. you might be able to find some odd little occasion to do it, but it doesn't quite make a card. Yeah, when you first said that, I thought, you know, that's sort of part of in the category of the, the comedy, comical ones or, you know, the funny ones. I don't know what 
uh, you call those, but then those really have to be very tasteful too. Yeah, it, it's um, you don't really want to insult the recipient. <laughs> that yeah. happens sometimes, and um, I I remember when I I used to teach seminars on greeting card bus- on the greeting card business, and I remember somebody actually bringing me a whole line of cards that were meant to send to people who harassed you, <laughs> like oh. work. And I just thought that was hilarious because who would ever buy that? I mean, if somebody was harassing you at work, you definitely wouldn't want to go out and buy them a card. You'd want to go to, <laughs> to you know, the well, boss and say, hey, you know, this is a problem. <laughs> I guess it depends what the motive is. And we sort yeah. of think that the motive with cards, greeting cards, is a sentimental message or a thank you or something. But, hey, we've got all kinds of people in this world. So yeah. I want to talk about some of the uh, mistakes that card writers make. Right. Can you allude us to those? Yeah. Um, again, the what I call the me to you message. Um, there's two people involved in a card. It's not just the sender. Um, so you have to imagine. Again, go back to imagining your girlfriend. You're sending her this card. How does that feel? Does that feel comfortable? What you're saying? Okay. Now turn around. You just got this card from her. How does that feel? Okay, so what if she said something like um, about the losing weight and happy birthday or something? Well, that may be funny, but, you know, what if your girlfriend has a slight weight problem? That's not funny to her. Maybe you don't, and it's mm-hmm. funny to you or, or opposite. So you have to be really put yourself in both shoes and make sure that this is a immediate message, it's a friendly message, and... Um, want to remember there's a relationship on both sides. So that's one thing, the media message. Another thing is limiting the market. So um, one example I used to give in my workshop is, let's say a card says this, a mother's kindness to her son is immeasurable. Happy Mother's Day. Oh, wow, that's a sweet, really, that's a really sweet thing to say. But who can buy in this card? Okay, it says a mother's kindness to her son is immeasurable. Well, probably this is a card from a son to a mother. Pretty much that's the market you're going to get. Now, what if you changed one word in that? A mother's kindness is immeasurable. Happy Mother's Day. Well, you got rid of the word son. Sorry, son. But now children can send this to parents. A husband can send it to his wife. I can send it to any mother. A mother's kindness is immeasurable. I can send this to my girlfriend. So the whole market just opened up immediately of who can buy this card. So what if I just said a mother's kindness is immeasurable and didn't put happy birthday on it? Wow, I could turn this into a birthday card, a Valentine's Day card. So when you write, think about all of those things. Um, Each word really makes the market change. Another thing is, again, we talked about criticizing the recipient or making fun of them. Um, One example I used to give is rather than saying, making a joke about your birthday and having wrinkles, say, we have wrinkles. You know, don't say, oh, you, you were, you know, your old age and your wrinkles. Say, our wrinkles. So you're part of this together. You're making fun of both of you, not just the recipient. Um, if that's your kind of humor, of course. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing is to write like people talk. 
try to avoid the poetic voice. So just like, again, you're across the table from your girlfriend. Talk like that or write like you would talk. Um, Another thing is try to just go through your text and eliminate every adjective you can. That will really clean up a lot of the kind of stumbling over the words because, again, you want to write like you talk, and people don't use a lot of adjectives when they talk. Um, another thing is try to stick to the, the feelings you really know. So if you've never had a pet pass away, maybe you don't really know what that feels like in your heart. I'm sure you could imagine it, but why not stick with things you really know, like raising children? How, you know, what it feels like to be a mother, what mothers like to hear. So, so try to do that. And I guess the last thing is when I used to buy work, the biggest, biggest problem and why almost everyone got rejected is they didn't read my guidelines. Oh, amen. I know that it sounds so <laughs> simple, but I really yeah. felt bad because I was a humor line, and they would send me, let's say, long religious verse or poetry. And it, you know, I just felt bad because they went to all this trouble, but they didn't read the guidelines. So that's probably the biggest problem of anything in terms of submission. Wow, that's quite a quite a, a list of mistakes to make. I know. I hope it didn't <laughs> overwhelm you there. Let's talk a little bit about uh, if I'm not, for lack of a better word, self-publishing. How do I get paid? Is it is it uh, a flat rate per? card or is there a royalty scheme over time or is there a sales ladder or how does that go? Well, it's pretty much a, on the Greeting Card Association website, which is the association for everything to do with greeting cards in the organization. They pretty much spell out the standards, which is it's usually almost always flat and it's almost always exclusive. So the, if you sell your piece to one company, you can't go and sell it to another one. That wouldn't be good. Um, and it ranges from about $25 to $100. The higher prices tend to be for companies that do want long poetic verse, which I think must be some of the hardest to write uh, myself. So that's kind of the ballpark. Now, if you wanted to get into a royalty scheme, what I would do is really pair up with an artist as a team, which again, that's a challenge too. You have to find the right artist for your kind of style and kind of create your own line together and present that to companies. But even easier, try to start your own business first and test out your style. See if they really sell. And then you can go to a company and say, look, I have this line, it sells, you know, this is something that has value. And I think they'll even be more interested then. Sure, that makes sense. Uh, I think I know the answer to this, but what about electronic rights? Do you get to uh, sell rights again for e-cards, or is it is it all in one one go? Boy, that's interesting. I, I, you know, I don't even touch electronic cards, so that is something I don't know anything about. <laughs> So I don't. I I know there are companies who do the e-card system, but I'm gonna guess that maybe it's part of their contract. But I hope they get paid a little more if it is. Yeah, you're probably right. I was just curious. Uh, 
What about, I mean, is it possible to construct cards using, you know, just uh, pithy quotes from, from literary people who are well-loved, or does it always have to be original writing? You know, that's why I have an attorney, because I used to get so confused about this. If I saw a quote by Mark Twain, you know, can I use that? And it's a real great area, and I actually, when I first started the business, I sat down with my attorney and said, you know, can you sort through all this? And what I found, which was really sad to hear, is a lot of major companies were buying rights from family through the generations, like there was kind of a media jump on all kinds of content. And so it could be that Mark Twain's work is not okay to use. So you really have to be careful about using anything. I know there's all these rules of thumb. I don't know them well enough. Like some people say you can use political stuff or you can use it if it's over 50 years. But honestly, I'm always so nervous about that. I just go to my attorney and ask him. And he, he's a copyright specialist, so he can make sure that I'm not doing something wrong and look it up. And that. Fair, fair enough. <laughs> I would, if I was a writer, I would make my own stuff. I wouldn't try to go use someone else's. Good. Yeah, that sounds like, like prudent advice. Uh, you know, card writing is, is notoriously cutthroat and competitive, isn't it? Or is it? Oh, I think that's a myth, too, and I don't think I'm a Pollyanna, either. I know some websites that deal with greeting card writing, they say it's very competitive and stuff, but I actually did a little survey once of the submissions I got. Yeah, I probably bought 10% of the writing, but I actually found out the reason why was for things that were so easy to kind of solve, and I actually wrote them down, so I'll read a few percentages here. I would say 25% of the people who sent me stuff didn't read the guidelines. Okay, if you read guidelines, you've already jumped up, you know, 25% ahead of other people, okay, just by reading the guidelines. Um, Another 25% sent things that were inappropriate, like um, one example I gave is, I know you're fat because you eat too much cake. You know, like people would actually send me stuff like that that I couldn't imagine ever making a card out of. So you really have to do a little bit of homework. And again, imagine being the person receiving that card. That's a really good test. So inappropriate stuff was another 25%. So here it was already 50%, you know, is in the, down the drain. Um, another 5%, I would say, sent trademark words that you really can't use like Chevy, iPod, Xerox, even Band-Aid, I found out recently, just got trademarked. So, again, I'm always trying to keep on top of that, but I'd say stay away from anything that has to do with a business. Um, Another 5% came from prisons, oddly enough. So I'm not saying that's good or bad, but it was just something that I never thought about. Um, So I'd say another 5 and 10% Submitted stuff, I liked it, I tried to contact them, and their email didn't work. (laughs) And they didn't leave any other contact information. This is a major, major problem. So if I could say one thing of this whole interview, don't do that. (laughs) Because it's so easy just to include 
contact information that um, I'm amazed at how often people let their email addresses go or they don't work. So that's a major problem. And so another thing I noticed is, again, people haven't read my guidelines. They would send very religious quotes or poetry. So again, that's a guideline problem. So let's say we're up to 80% now. So a lot of these things are solvable that I've mentioned so far. Anyone could solve them. Anyone can add their contact information. Anyone can read guidelines. So now we're down to the 20%. So you're really competing with 20 people here. You were competing with 100. Now you're competing with 20 people. Okay, I would say half of those people I bought stuff from, and the other half did everything right. They just didn't have the zinger, but they're doing good. They're trying hard, and they're going to hit one eventually. So I would say that's your real competition. So it, it's not one in 100. It's really probably one in 20, and you have a 50% chance of getting it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's encouraging for sure. You know, Kate, um, I love these kinds of interviews because I learned so much and I knew nothing about this industry at all. And you just really put a lot of light into it. And I'm certainly going to do more research into it. So for our reading audience, or pardon me, listening audience, let's give them your website. Actually, you have a blog. And it is Kate yes, I Harper. Yes, I get this right. Yeah. Um, Kate Harper blog. Dot blogspot, so that's the, the blogger blog mm-hmm. dot com. And I am so high on Google that if you just even put Kate Harper with cards in the search engine, you're going to find my name with either my website or blog, and it's easy to get to. KateHarperBlog.blogspot.com, which is a long kind of string of letters there, but it's easy to find. Well, that's a fine, but you say that you can uh, Google when you're up there at the top, yeah, so obviously you've been around in the industry and you're all over the Internet. And again, gosh, this has been a real pleasure, and thank you so much, Kate, for taking the time and talking to us and giving us some really enlightening information on the card industry. And when I, next time I'm going to go buy a card, I'm certainly going to be looking at the cards differently. And I'll be looking for your name, too. (laughs) Thank you very much. Yes, thank you, Kate. And you've been listening to another podcast edition of Authors Access, where authors get published and published authors get successful. We'll be back next time when our topic will be do-it-yourself audiobooks, and our special guest will be Janet Reel. You can learn more about all of our guests on the Authors Access website, which is authorsaccess.com. We'd love to hear from you about tonight's show. Please send us your questions and comments to info at authorsaccess.com. Authors Access is a joint production of Reader Views Incorporated and Loving Healing Press. And for Reader Views, this is Barry Watson in Austin, Texas, saying good night. For Loving Healing Press, this is Victor Volkman in Ann Arbor, Michigan, wishing you all a good evening. <laughs>